Welcome down to the helmet, looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons of UTHDynasty.com. This is the flagship weekly show, but if you're interested, got a lot of premium podcasts, more on that later in the show. You can catch on a weekly and monthly basis by signing up over at UTH Dynasty. I got a, a good feature this week. Wanted to go over some of the more boom-bust profiles at wide receiver. Uh, and this is doing historical study, analysis of career arcs, probability curves, and there are some some young players of note on this list. I want to go over four as a teaser, but uh, I also wanted to go over, this is one of the key features of how to use the new look UTH dynasty rankings because it really gives some insight into looking at floor, ceiling, and overall probabilities that were not available in previous iterations. I've discussed before my problems with conventional dynasty rankings. You go in there, you see a list, wide receiver one through wide receiver 80. What does it mean? They don't even have tiers. They don't have tiers. They might have the age of the player, but just not much requisite information. They might have a little blurb. I used to do blurbs, but I found the blurbs, frankly, worthless. Because I write something, sometimes it's cutesy, sometimes there's a little factoid in there, but it really only tells you a tiny little fraction of something you may not even want to know. You, you know, I think more importantly, if you say someone's wide receiver 12, you want to know, are they closer to wide receiver 7 or closer to wide receiver 25? I think that's more important information. I think things like their contract situation is more important. Things of what's the quarterback quality? Uh, what is their age in relationship to where career arcs begin and end? Where does that uh, indicate that, uh, them? You know, what is their dynasty role and placement? Um, and recently what I've added is what's their best season in the NFL in terms of a PPR finish? What's their last season as a PPR finish? These are all things that I've added that are going to be key off-season tools, and that's where we are. We are here for the next eight months. We're just living in this zone of getting ready for week one, getting ready for our next important game as a dynasty team and with our wide receiver depth charts. So this week at wide receiver, I wanted to go over the biggest boom bust profiles. You might think those are rookies, incoming prospects into the NFL. I've only put in a few so far, uh, more to come, but the answer is no. It is not the rookies in general. So these four are all younger NFL-centric profiles. Going to go over each one with a few little nuggets and also a detail of where do they sit? What is their range of outcomes here in terms of the uh, UTH wide receiver rankings? So the first one, and this is, uh, I'm going to start low to high. So the first one is a player that was largely on breakout lists 12 months ago coming off of a rookie season that was impressive. Top 40 season in PPR and an early round two selection. This is almost like playing a game of uh, guess who because I'm going to keep giving hints about the player as people, people guess to themselves. Who is this player? Well, anyway, a player that had a good projection model profile, one that had a lot of name cachet coming out of college. So he comes in, again, early round two pick, ends up having a successful rookie season. So again, 12 months ago, January 2022, we were discussing him as the next great breakout player, year two riser. Look at all the promise. And here's my favorite moniker about wide receivers, can only get better. Anyone at 21, 22, 23 years old, young player in the NFL, they start to show promise, and the moniker that you see on Twitter and just thrown around dynasty circles is can only get better. No, 
actually what we saw is things can get a heck of a lot worse. And many times that rookie season or that big or first flash, they can actually get much worse. And I'm talking about Elijah Moore. And it's interesting to see now that his probabilities of ceiling are decent. In the career arc analysis, the wide receiver index that I keep historical information and looking at it from that regard, what happened year two? Train wreck. Wide receiver 97. And even with that, looking at what he did as a rookie and what his probabilities are, now again, he's boom bust. So most likely, when you hear boom bust, most likely it means bust. But it means that the of their uh, potential hit seasons in the future, if they're on the high end, that's the boom. That's what we're chasing. Now, for Elijah Moore, I'm going to be frank. Like He's a big faller if you look 12 months ago to now. And how can you not? They bring in Garrett Wilson. He looks the part. Uh, and he produces well as a rookie. He's got early round one pedigree. That trumps early round two. And especially when you look at uh, what, what Wilson did this year on the same depth chart, Elijah Moore, go sit over there. He was a relic. There's talk that the Jets are trying to trade him. So, and guess what? I've seen some mock drafts already with the Jets drafting another wide receiver with as much or more pedigree than Elijah Moore. So he's being phased out. But he's one that has a strong profile when you look at college career through year one in the NFL. Now, is year two the blip? Or is year one the blip in the NFL? That's going to be the critical question. But here's the interesting thing. His top 12 probabilities in the future, 20%. That sounds pretty high for a guy that right now you'd say, eh, bus track, that year two was a train wreck. All that's valid. But here's the other thing. So 20% odds for a top 12 season in the future, 20% odds for a top 36 <laughs> finish in the future. So he's basically going to hit big or bust. You know, and, and again, if he, someone finishes at wide receiver 45, wide receiver 60, we don't really care, right? So we can find that off the waiver wire for stretches of the season. So that's why Elijah Moore is the number one featured name this week on the boom bust young wide receiver list. And again, it's been it, it, it's completely night and day because looking at some of his his uh, his data in terms of year one as a as I almost said freshman as a rookie. Everything was looking good. He was the 74th percentile in 2021 in yards per route run. And he was getting it done after the catch. His A dot was 68th percentile. Uh, so he was on his way. So he started playing a lot more this, this past year in the slot. But guess what? Yards after the catch. Dove through the floor. Contested catches. Invisible. His overall yards per route run, 10 percentile in the NFL among wide receivers with, I think it's like at least 20 targets. So Elijah Moore took a massive step back. All that parallels his actual fantasy production. So there's no hiding, no hiding here. Uh, second name that I wanted to mention is Nico Collins. And I feel like I'm a little bit alone. I was, I was not the biggest fan of Nico Collins. He was boom bust coming into the NFL, but I like what he's doing. I like, as the phrase goes, I like the cut of his jib. Because he's one that he actually, of these four, he has the, in year two here in 2022, he has the highest grade of any of these, uh, any of the, actually, uh, in 2022, of these four guys, Nico Collins has the highest yards per route run, the highest PFF grade. Uh, he was getting it done downfield. He was 71 percentile in A dot, depth of target there, 95th percentile in contested targets 
and, and uh, converting those contested targets into catches. So Nico Collins at 24 years old. And here's the other thing. Brandon Cooks, uh, he's falling out of favor a little bit with Houston. Houston, you know, we have a problem at quarterback, and they could be upgrading quarterback with an early first-round pick. And the other thing is he wins on the outside. He has the look of a potential alpha wide receiver. Now, the pedigree isn't there. Late day three, that's going to be tough to stick with. But the quarterback situation likely to improve. And here's the other, here's another factoid. We have uh, another column over at the UTH wide receiver rankings is career year percentage. And what that looks at is what's the percentage of time by the career arc analysis and the, uh, the, the comps is what percent of the time from this point and you know similar seasons and profile and all that from this point forward, how often do they have a career best year? So better than they've had to this point. His career high so far is wide receiver 55. He has a 71% chance of, of having a career year future cast, not previous, so better than wide receiver 55. And he, just like, uh, just like Elijah Moore, is completely boom bust. 42%. This is one of the most surprising figures in the entire wide receiver landscape that I found when I rolled over to the offseason and, and, and uh, scrubbed all these players for this data. 42% chance of a top 12 season in the future. That is a monster number. Uh, just looking here, I mean, there, there's probably not 20 to 25 players that have a higher top 12% than Nico Collins. And yet, he's around wide receiver 50 for UTH. And part of that is, he, just like Elijah Moore, he's got boom-bust syndrome. Only 42% chance in the top 36. So he's either going to hit big or kind of meander around where he is. Now, again, if he gets that, that career rate you know, of 71%, if he hits at wide receiver 49 or 42 or whatever, he's not really making that much of a difference. But technically, he has a career year beyond this point in year three and beyond. So Nico Collins is a riser. Nico Collins is probably the one that you would project the best chance of this whole list to be an alpha wide receiver one on his depth chart this coming season. And if you combine that with maybe some quarterback love, a rookie comes in, looks a lot better than uh, Davis Mills, then we've got a chance here. We've got a guy that can make contested catches, a guy that doesn't play in the slot much, but he wins. He has won and yards per route run. Everything kind of aligns with Nico Collins having the best chance of being a big hit off of this list and this coming year. Wanted to get, take a second and tell you about a few of the features that have come out over the past week since the last episode at UTHDynasty.com. Never been a better time to supercharge your dynasty teams, your acumen, your knowledge. I've already mentioned a few of the features, just about the wide receiver dynasty rankings there alone, but you got a trade calculator. You know, you want to punch that through. There's, I think, at least 15, maybe 20 formats that are in there that are scrubbed on an annual basis. The, all the players have been scrubbed in terms of their player values to 2023 and beyond. The ages are accelerated to week one of this coming season. And one of the best things I like is that you actually get to compare that and see, am I winning the deal by ADP, by market value, or am I just winning the deal by UTH? You can really construct some powerful moves, especially when the other team thinks that they're winning by the market value, and yet you have the power uh, of UTH predictiveness so that you are winning the deal, and yet it's a win-win, uh, and you can get more of those deals executed. But some of the uh, content you're going to see out there, premium podcasts, written articles over the past week. Of course, we've got coverage of the 
uh, playoff games that have come through the NFL with UTH film notes. I watch every play of every game. I know most people are in the postseason anyway, but it's a key feature in the regular season because not everyone is watching the myriad of games at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock Eastern. Uh, they might be watching Sunday. They might be watching their favorite team. You might catch three, four, five games a week, but you didn't catch all 16, and that's my job. My job is to watch all of them, and probably I would say three, four, five minutes a game, you're going to get what you need to know, especially those early weeks in the season. You're going to get the lowdown on what you need heading into the week in about an hour show, uh, first thing Monday morning. So you get those in the postseason here as well. And what I like to do is uh, sort of a, a last a last call here for these teams that lose. They get more of a feature feature element of where are they going in the offseason? Some of the contract situations. What's the key things at the skill positions we need to be thinking about as dynasty owners going into the offseason? So these pa- this past week, you get teams like the Cowboys losing to the 49ers, for example. You get their feature um, exit and obviously you know we got the championship games this past week uh, for those for those shows um, also starting off the offseason did a perfect dynasty startup draft um, article and that looks at the all value team for UTH so you see at every position who is the most off in terms of the market versus UTH values makes a very easy list on who to look at for value plays in a startup draft to build your team uh, it, is, it is startup draft season. And then one of my favorite features of this past week was looking at the UTH projection model. So that is the uh, collegiate prospects of the skill possessions. And specifically, I looked at the wide receiver classes 2018 through 2021. And one question I had from a VIP uh, listener, subscriber, super fan was, you know, what are things we can learn? Can you highlight from the projection model, what are some, some players that it got right got wrong, you know, that just maybe you were super high on that didn't work out. Maybe you're low on that did work out. You know, and what can we learn? What are some things that it might have missed? And wide receiver, one of the big takeaways, you know, and one of the themes of looking at some of these players is really look at players that win in college. And that's the production score. Because wide receivers that win come in all different shapes and sizes. You know, we, and Chad from 10 years ago is was all about wide receivers that were 6-3 looking for 220 and, and just looking for that prototypical outside perimeter receiver you know the Allen Robinson let's say type back in that lovely 2014 class but that wide receivers that win like let's look at Jarvis Landry right not even six foot tall slow Cooper Cup right but all he does is win all he does is win and, and the two guys I just mentioned productive productive in college. Guess what? They were productive in the pros. And so whether a guy and Devonta Smith, guess what? That's another one I highlighted where he, he had a, 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 a egregiously low BMI and yet he won. He won in college. And guess what? He had the pedigree as well in the NFL draft. So at that point, stop doubting it. Stop doubting it. And especially after year one, productive year one, he just keeps being productive. So whether a guy is 5'11", whether a guy is a little too skinny, whether a guy has uh, shorter arms than you would like, whether a guy for his weight, you know, his speed score might be 92 and you want 110. Well, you know, you can want something in one hand and you actually get it in the other. You know, I think we'd rather get it. And so if a guy has good enough pedigree and he was productive in, in college, we need to give him some due. That was an, another one of my themes. So that was one of my favorite shows to put together is talking through those classes. What can we learn? And again, what are some things that, frankly, uh, I, I didn't even listen to enough? That the, Here's what the projection model is saying. And 
you know, we got to take heed to that and, and get some shares of, of, of some of these key players. So that was one of my favorite features. Um, another one is discussing four NFL passing games from the middle of the pack or so this year on the rise. Um, and also, every single week, I'm going to be trying to go through and, and discuss some of the key dynasty trades out there in the marketplace. And I did one of those this week uh, with five dynasty trades and looking at the key takeaways there at the quarterback position in Superflex. So just a little teaser there of some of the premium content you can get over at UTHDynasty.com. All right, back to some of the boom-bust wide receivers. We already discussed Elijah Moore, also Nico Collins. Next up on the list, Rondell Moore. Someone that you want to talk about projection model profiles over the moon about Rondell Moore. He was the top one percenter coming in, and he just had every everything but height, everything you were looking for. And any of these any of these uh, uh, rankings and uh, and and things that I would put together historically, it was always Rondell Moore was basically in that subset of best wide receiver prospects since dot dot dot, you know that is under six foot tall. Rondell Moore, absolute monster. Now, the start of his career has not been absolute monster. Uh, his peak season was this past year, wide receiver 47 in, a, in adjusted points per game, but 50% probability by the model of a top 12 season in a future year. 50% odds. Now, his top 36 odds, not much better than 50%. But these are surprising numbers for someone that's probably viewed. And again, this is the difference between looking on paper versus, you know, there's some situational factors. You're like, yeah, Kyler Murray, he's not going to play. Arizona might be going into some rebuilding type situation. You got DeAndre Hopkins there. You know, they got Marquise Brown. Like, just situationally, it looks murky. But him as a, him as a player, him as a profile looks pretty good. And he does have the profile, again, coming into the NFL, you say round two, but an elite profile. We say before, you want round one guys or you want day two with elite profiles. Well, Rondell Moore has that. So he checks the box of interesting. Now, here's the other part. We've seen guys in the NFL now, where, where, where can you pay the bills? In the slot. Sometimes, you know, these NFL teams will put their best player in the slot to get the best matchups. Well, Rondell Moore has so much slot experience dating back to college, but how about this? Rookie, 94% uh, in terms of his slot usage. 94% uh, percentile for the NFL for, for qualifying wide receivers. 76% this past year. He lives in the slot. He is an option route nightmare. Good luck. And he's been good. Yards per route run, he's been above average both year one and year two. So his A dot's low, but after, you know, his yards after the catch, insanely high. Top 5% both years. So he's an extension of the run game. He makes yards easy. And he actually saw uh, you know, some bigger plays, some more than a sporadic flash play or two this past year. So he's showing signs in year two. Situationally, DeAndre Hopkins getting older. Marquise Brown has largely been a disappointment in the NFL. And so, especially with the round one pedigree. That Rondell Moore, he, he's got big upside. Now, again, all four of these guys, it's about the boom-bust profile. That's why they're here. That's why I'm talking about them all packed together is they all have tremendous downside. So that's what you have to remember. Now, but Rondell Moore, I have him in my top 50 wide receivers, and that's about where the market is. I have maybe a couple spots higher than what the market is. But let's be fair. After you get past, like I'm looking at my list here, after you get about 25, 30 guys, 35 at most deep, it gets pretty murky in a hurry. 
So to say that someone's wide receiver 45 versus wide receiver 60, there's not that big of a difference. But Rondell Moore, tier six, and again, I could if you're really high on him, I could picture him being somewhere in the later 30s. But you know, if you're like, eh, Chad, he's short. We've had two years. The situation does not look good. I, I, I just don't believe. Like I could see having him down in the mid-50s maybe. But that's about as far as I would go. Um, I have him about in the middle of those two points. I have him in the, the mid-40s. And again, his top 12 probability, it shocked me. But I, I'm not going to forge the numbers. Uh, and again, it shades, it shades what tier you start in in terms of putting together the rankings. I always say uh, the, the, the UTH trade calculator is the science. And then in terms of the specific ordering of the rankings, that's more of the art. It's the art versus the science. So the tiers are pretty much putting them into the buckets. And then where they are within the tiers is my nuance based on a lot of that feeder data. But he has a lot better top 12 odds than anyone around him. You know, Keenan Allen up at wide receiver 36 is the only guy – uh, you know, in, in, in any sort of stretch with higher uh, top 12 odds than, than Rondell Moore. So that really surprised me. And again, it's one that I think we shouldn't forget about, especially if he falls in price. Ah, murky situation. He's going to be 23 years old this season, and he's got a top 50 season under his belt. When you say things really haven't gone right, he's had some injuries in year one. He had uh, you know, a sticky situation where uh, DeAndre Hopkins is added. They add another first rounder in Marquise Brown. And the Cardinals have quarterback issues. There's not been a lot that's gone right for Rondell Moore. And yet he you could say the optimistic view is he's posted a top 50 season. All right, last wide receiver here, the boom bust list, the young wide receivers here in terms of there's big upside, but also a, a really good chance that we see a floor or a non-stealing outcome here. And this one's going to ruffle some feathers. So get ready. George Pickens. So... Again, I like George Pickens. He was a UTH target player within the scope of his profile and where he was going cost-wise in rookie drafts this past year. I think people are getting a little over their skis on George Pickens. I've seen some pretty lofty valuations. He is about 10 spots lower by UTH than by the market. Some people in the market have him in the top 25. I think that's dreadfully you know, optimistic. And here's the thing. This is where, because I can see in Arizona with Rondell Moore, for example, I can see DeAndre Hopkins being gone. I can also see Marquise Brown, not really an alpha guy, but they're in Pittsburgh. Uh, Deontay, Deontay Johnson is better, and he's in his prime at 27 coming up this year. He's got a wide receiver seven finish in his career. He's been a strong target hog, and yet... I think a lot of people think George Pickens is going to come and take his job. I really do think that that's the sentiment out there. And I just, that's a tough ask. And here's the other thing. George Pickens is not on the overtly, overtly uh, positive for breakout uh, year one track. Wide receiver 53 in adjusted points per game. And the real the real stronger numbers start around wide receiver 40, wide receiver 45. If you can get inside, and that's what a lot of people liked about uh, Elijah Moore previous year, was that he posted inside the top 40, and that is a precursor many times for future strong 
wide receiver one, and at worst, wide receiver two probabilities. Now, George Pickens is outside that, first of all. First of all, he's outside that at wide receiver 53. Second of all, he's on a depth chart with a known and proven strong wide receiver one in Deontay, Deontay uh, uh, Johnson. So that, that to me is already situationally a tough sell. It's not that you have a, a 31, 32-year-old and you say, eh, transition is coming, changing of the guard. And the other part is George Pickens himself. So 45 percentile in yards per route run. Eh, not great. He doesn't play in the slot hardly at all. Again, slot is where you get easy yards. He's not getting that. 11 percent percentile in slot rate. How about this? 3% yards after the catch percentile. So he has to basically, and, and it, co- it aligns with his 94% A dot. So he is one that when the catch is made, the play is basically over. And I was thinking about this. Oh, the good news is, is he's 95th percentile in contested catch conversions. That, so, but I was looking over here because I started thinking to myself, well, isn't that kind of like T. Higgins? Well, I looked over, A, T. Higgins is a better version. And B, T. Higgins is a lot more well-rounded. I mean, he plays in the slot. Like his three years, he's been in the high 20s up to high 30s in the slot. George Pickens, 11%. So is he ever going to get there? Deontay Johnson is is getting a lot of the optimal usage. And, and so when that's being dominated by a, a player on your same team, you know, the, I, I think that's that's very concerning that that Pickens is going to have to win on the outside, win with contested deeper targets and that does frankly, that's a best ball special, right? Cuz he could go 3 for 100 and a touchdown. But is Kenny Pickett going to fuel two top wide receivers? Genuine question mark. And I and I think reacting to situation is something that I I think it's easy to do not enough, but it's also easy to do too much. And you got to be really careful. It's got it's like the uh, it's like the 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 Goldilocks and the three bears. You know, you got to be just right, not too hot, not too cold, just right. But for George Pickens, you got a locked in Deontay Johnson, and you got a quarterback question of fueling upside to multiple targets. Pat Fryermuth is there. They throw the ball to the running backs and Najee Harris plenty. So squeeze for targets. I don't think he's going to get home as a true alpha. And then the the quarterback is not good enough to fuel. Uh, multiple high-end guys. So George Pickens, again, he has a lot of things working against him. and But again, he's got pretty good 33% odds of a top 12 season in the future. However, uh, he's only a little bit higher when you're talking about top 36. So is he going to improve on wide receiver 53 in the future? 67% for a career year rate going forward, but only a 43% chance of bettering and that's another column I didn't mention, but the Y plus one, uh, you know, uptick, which is this coming season, what are the odds he produces a better year uh, than the previous year? So in 2022, and only a 43% chance. And you would say, hey, promising year one, promising rookie. Why would he not have really strong odds to uptick the, the, the following season? Well, wide receiver 53 isn't that bad, first of all. Yes, it's dynasty largely irrelevant, but it's still not that bad. And you, but it's something that you have to get over. 
I would say that George Pickens is overvalued. I would say George Pickens is one that does have a big ceiling, but right now, not well-rounded enough. He's not providing anything after the catch, and there's a lot to be desired for him to get all the way home and to be someone that can actually deliver value from that wide receiver, let's say 25 to 30 market value. I think that's a tough zone for Pickens to deliver, deliver value. Now, if you get him, so that's why to me, he's a perfect player to try to inch your way up the board. He's your, if you can get George Pickens and end up trying to move, I'm trying to look here, see if there's some wide receivers. Like I'd much rather have Christian Watson. He's not very much more expensive, for example. Uh, pretty excited about Traylon Burks as a potential alpha. He's got much better probabilities of a good floor outcome in the future. He's got much better probabilities in terms of career year and Y plus one uptick seasons. Uh, you could certainly pivot over. Actually, Deontay Johnson, his teammate is cheaper uh, coming up. Uh, you know, you can pivot over maybe to Mike Evans plus. You have a lot of options uh, with George Pickens. So our drafting of him, Again, now seeing year one, seeing some other data and analyzing the situation and seeing George Pickens' uptick in price, all those things now give you liquidity going into year two. It's a good offseason to shop him, to seek upgrades, to seek other profiles within the position. And another thing I always like to mention, greasing the wheels by using George Pickens potentially to upgrade a quarterback to get yourself uh, a quality option in Superflex, secure uh, a higher-end wide uh, quarterback one or two per se um, in those premium formats as just another option if you're switching, swip-swapping uh, positions from wide receiver to somewhere else in a two-for-one type fashion. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, feature topic this week, as I mentioned, looking at four boom bust profiles, giving you the reasons for optimism there, giving you a little insight into where they sit in the UTH rankings, but also just know boom bust. We focus on the boom. A lot of times we forget the bust. So these are, and, and, uh, all of them had, uh, you know, I think Elijah Moore is a very good tale of year one does not always follow that moniker of, well, they'll always get better. Young players always improve is not true, and we can go line by line in the wide receiver index just going the litany of guys where they had a quote-unquote career year in year one or year two, and things, narrator, things did not improve for the always improving young wide receivers. Thanks so much for listening this week. Uh, if you like what you heard uh, and some of those uh, content over the past week over at UTH Dynasty, welcome you to sign up. It's got a money-back guarantee. Um, also wanted to mention, we've got Tim Torch uh, on a weekly basis. If you're not hearing him here on the weekly show, uh, he'll be over there with the weekly show at patreon.com slash UTH. So even more bonus content over there. Uh, a lot of times I'm fleshing out ideas, uh, research that uh, you hear it there first. And the other thing I'd like to say is it's startup draft season. It's also we want to get back out there into the trading market of 2023 season. And so the VIP chat, if you sign up as an all pro patron over there, is where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. It's always a great time if you're listening to this at the end of January. Sign up early February. You get the whole month. You get to try it out. You're going get to get to hear all the premium podcasts at, at patreon.com slash UTH. You can get in the VIP chat for an entire month. You can ask questions. You can follow along with the d thriving discussion with some of the best UTH drafters and dynasty owners on the planet 
uh, myself included, with with talking strategy, talking players, and really kickstarting your your knowledge base and your dynasty improvement track to have your best year in 2023. I am Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties. Alan Hearns looked outstanding last what? night. Get he, out of here. I swear to God, he did. Oh, he was, what's his upside? Nine points per game. Get out of here. I think he has more like 13, 14 point oh, upside per game. Geez. And then in the 10th round or The later, metric side of me threw up. Yeah, but... Like, I'm tasting ass. Battery acid. Just, the rest man, of the show. It's just metrics. That's true. <laughs> it's, an old, it's good old eye test. It's good. So, well, no, but so like, you like Alan Hearns, that must, you either A, you either must love... Blake Bortles, or you must have tempered expectations for Allen Robinson. Which it's, one is it? It's neither. I, I, I believe me. I do. I like Blake Bortles. I like Allen Rob, Allen Hearns as just his own player. I was okay. watching like in depth what he was doing last year, or not last year. Last is he gonna be the number two there against Lions? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Marquise. No, no, no. But if he's the number two, I'm just telling you, Bortles has to go nuclear. For Hearns to happen. be, no, he doesn't. Because he does. Here, yes, no, he does. Let, no, no, he doesn't. I'm let telling me, you, he does. Okay, if let Alan me, Robinson let me tell is you what happened one, last Bortles night. Has to be okay, like top ten. Let me, let me tell you what happened last night. Darius Slay was shadowing. Alan Wait, are you Robinson taking preseason? Because I'll take my 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 earphones off. This are you taking preseason? Alan Hearns is going to be facing the softer cornerback. In every off and every defense he's playing against, okay, you're killing me, you're killing me right now. Darius Slay shut down Air- Allen Robinson last last night. Not saying I don't like Allen Robinson, right? I but just Allen Robinson is, Hearns is going to have an easier time getting open. If Hearns is the number two in the offense, I'm telling you, his upside is like wide receiver 45 or 50 or something. I disagree. Unless Bortles goes top 30 upside. Okay, but then he needs to be the number one, or Blake Bortles needs to be, to be a quarterback one. one. I'm telling you, that's They're what gonna needs be, to happen. No, all that needs to happen is that <laughs> no. all that needs to ta- needs to happen is what's going to happen, and that's and that is the Jaguars are going to be playing from behind almost every single game. It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. I'm, I'm telling you, the last five, ten years, it hasn't happened once. The scenario you're outlining. This is, gonna be, this is going to be a UTH bet right here. I can feel it. It has to be. Well, now, you, now we're going to segue into one. Alan Hurts. I think that uh, Jaguars going to have three top 40 receivers. Like, you're going to no, go off on something. come on. Oh, no. oh now I'm being ridiculous. Two. 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 Oh, my God. You, you just derailed the whole show. This is why we can't have guests, too, because we can't do this to a guest. Who cares? Kind of wrote, who cares? That's when he had that one, like, 200-yard game with, like, three long plays and two touchdowns right, or something. Right, right. Well, that carried his whole season total of points per game and stuff. Like...